And the reason why we felt a little bit later is because our members were, were, were never uh, suspended by the SABC. They were simply just dismissed. So on Friday we filed and we received a date for Thursday. Um, so yeah, we will then be heard. Our case will be heard in in the labour court in Johannesburg. Mm. Are you able to expand on the motion itself that you filed? Yes, it's basically um, more or less the same as the other journalists. Um, there's just uh, slight differences. For instance. Uh, Mr. Kalata was given until the 28th um, of this month to respond to the so-called Schedule 8 letter. He was fired before he could respond and before the deadline. And, of course, we are saying that the um, personnel regulation that the SABC has relied on, uh, well, what we believe they relied on because it's not clear, uh, we say that that is unconstitutional. Hmm. And uh, in the case of the other two? Um, for two of, of the journalists, um, for Ntuli and Kalata, that, that, that is the case. Um, and we are saying more or less the same for Tandeka. Um, she has, she has just been suspended. That's the only difference between her and uh, the other two. And just in terms of which parts of the labor law are you using to uh, appeal what has already happened, can you take us through it? Well, it's not really an appeal. It's an urgent application to overturn the dismissal. Um, There is contractual obligations on the SABC's part. The personnel regulation um, forms part of uh, those employees' terms and conditions of employment. And part of that is that the SABC will adhere to its own disciplinary procedure and code of conduct. They did not, so they breached the contracts of employment of um, the journalist by not having a proper disciplinary hearing or a disciplinary hearing at all. Um, and that is one of the grounds that, that we rely on. Mm. We are also saying that it is unconstitutional. So remember, there's also an urgent um, application for access to the constitutional court, which uh, the journalists are part of. And we are saying that to determine the constitutionality of the personnel regulation and some other issues, the um, that constitutional court case must be heard. Is this the first case of its kind that you have ever had to represent in terms of uh, through your history um, of being a labor union at the SABC? Well, absolutely. It's um, in the worst of, of the worst times. The SABC has never, ever uh, fired someone without a disciplinary hearing, or at least give the person um, an opportunity to state a case. So that is very, very bad. It's never I've been involved for, for the better part of 20 years, and I've never come across that. Um, then in terms of the constitutionality, we did write to the SABC uh, some time ago, and we challenged the particular personnel regulation. Uh, we were uh, sent back a letter to say that we will um, engage you in amending that personnel regulation. We have seen a amended version which was never consulted, that added that an employee may not speak to the media about conditions of employment or about the SABC for two years after leaving the services of the SABC. 
So yes, it's definitely a first of its kind that we're aware of. And what are your expectations? Are you hopeful that due to the fact that you say these uh, rare circumstances, uh, in fact, uh, unseen before, that uh, you you be able to secure victory, so to speak? Absolutely. We have no doubt about that. This is not a normal dismissal case where an injury has been um, accused of fraud or theft or that kind of misconduct or poor work performance. This is purely an issue of victimization where uh, journalists, there's a code of ethics which, uh, interestingly enough, has been removed since we started to talk about that from the SHC's website that uh, guarantees journalists' independence so it's it's just it's not a case of where these employees did something wrong. They've been victimized for something which um, they themselves admitted was incorrect um, by settling for the uh, court order that was brought by the uh, Helen Sussman Foundation. So yes, we do believe that we have uh, very good prospects of success. But just in case of going forward, I mean, surely this is not a one-off thing. Do you anticipate that you will seek uh, to remedy other things? As you say, the Code of Ethics um, has been removed from the SABC website. and the, is the issue of journalists being barred from speaking to the media two years after they've been employed from uh, uh, being dismissed from the SABC. Are you going to seek a legal challenge to that? Are you also going to seek ways to protect other journalists who may feel that they may seek uh, protection from what you say is victimization? Yes, absolutely. So um, any journalist that's been victimized by the SABC will be protected um, as long as they are members of the, of the trade union, of course. Um, but in general, we would like to change the, the culture. We would like to change the, those draconian regulations that, uh, that prohibits employees from exercising their constitutional rights and also their labor rights. Because it's not only a, a right in terms of the Constitution, it's also a right in terms of the Basic Conditions of Employment Act for an employee to discuss his or her conditions of employment. So, yes, we are definitely seeking to change the whole sort of um, scene at the SABC in terms of those uh, regulations that that would um, impact on employees' constitutional and labor rights. That's Bamao's Hannes de Boisson. A very good uh, uh, afternoon and thank you to you. We will, of course, accord the SABC the right to reply to what they've been saying. 0891 if you'd like to... Call us 34701 is the SMS line at one rand per SMS. And, of course, we are available on Twitter and Facebook at SFM PML, at SFM PML Live and at Sipiso Makwitla. Going back to the courthouse where two brothers facing terrorism-related charges have been remanded in custody after their bail application was again postponed in the Johannesburg Magistrates Court. Brandon Lee and Tony Lee... Tulsi from Nuclear, west of Johannesburg, were arrested earlier this month for allegedly plotting to set off explosives at the U.S. Embassy in Jewish institutions in Gauteng. Session Naidu has more. The 23-year-old twins will be back in court tomorrow. Their case was postponed to give them time to consult with their new lawyer, advocate Anneline van den Heever. She is the former lawyer of Czech fugitive Radovan Kretscher. It's also understood that the charge sheet will need to be amended. More than a dozen heavily armed police have been stationed in and around courtroom 13 at the Johannesburg Magistrates Court.
Access into the courtroom is limited. Anyone entering the courtroom has to sign a register and the identity verified. Only family and members of the media were granted access to follow proceedings. The brothers have each been charged with three counts related to terrorism. It was also heard that the twins may have links to the Islamic State. Sasha Naidu, SABC News, Johannesburg. 23 minutes past four. Let's go back to Rob Byrne to find out the situation on the roads, including the impact of uh, the cold weather and snowfalls in parts. Rob? Traffic on SAFM, your trusted guide to the road ahead. Good afternoon. Well, it was the uh, snow and the closures this morning that wreaked havoc for uh, travellers through uh, higher ground, higher parts of the Eastern Cape and pass routes through KwaZulu-Natal as well. A lot of those routes have been reopened. Olafia's Hook, the R74, Bergville to Harrysmith has opened up. The N6 Penhook Pass has been reopened. Barclay Pass remains closed. And the Bosman's uh, Pass that runs out from Maltino to Sturksbrae, that section of roadway.